There we go. All right. So this evening, I, um, I'm inspired by a talk and conversation that um, happened at a retreat that I was just teaching over the weekend. It was the family retreat. And um, one of my colleagues, Afosu Corte Jones, was um, giving, uh, gave a really wonderful talk that kind of um, asked this question about uh, what, what is the new normal? <laughs> that there's this, um, this phrase we hear a lot. I think we think about it too. A lot of us think about, is this the new normal or what is the new normal going to be in this time of pandemic? And I wanted to um, use that as a, a way for us to look deeply into some of the truths of Dharma and, and see what happens with it. So to begin, I want, first to hear from you and so you'll you'll have to unmute yourself but i do want to hear from it'd be nice to to get a number of voices in of what comes to mind around this phrase the new normal what comes up for you as what is the new normal or how are you how do you relate to that in this time of pandemic and there's no right answer. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of different, uh, a lot of variety here is my, is my hope, really. What comes to mind? And you can just unmute yourself to speak. For me, it's confinement. <laughs> I feel... Um, yeah, restricted and, and confined. Mm -hmm. Not that I would be doing anything all that exciting anyway, but I just I just <laughs> feel like if I want to, now I don't have the opportunity. And I, I feel like a lot of missed opportunities, like I should have done you know this or I should have done that, and now I don't have the opportunity to do that. And also just the... Um, just in a way to kind of recheck to make sure that you are taking care of you health wise. Mm -hmm. um, now, so better, now, so um, better than um, maybe in the past, you know, mentally and physically. Those are the two main things for me. Thank you. Wonderful. Okay. I think for me, it's. Um, human contact closer than six feet. <laughs> I mean, truly con true contact, um, which I haven't had because I live alone. And um, I do see people, I walk with people, I have backyard things and, and those are wonderful. I see my friends and, but it's that human touch that I hope is not the new normal. <laughs> I'm hoping it's not. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Anything else? Yeah, Natalie? Nope. Can you hear me okay? There you are. There you are. Okay, great. Um, for me, it's how, how do we gather and, and um, come together? Like I'm struck by, I had plans to go 
and work in like in Ohio for the upcoming elections and um, and I'm just struck by how do we organize our energy in around things we want to yeah how do we do things together in different ways I think um, and because I think like the quote it takes us like a small group of people to really change the world um, in in or move forward in different ways so how do we do that and when we can't meet in person and and enjoy each other's energy yeah mm -hmm. in the same way thank you these are all great great examples of where we go when we think of new normal any any some of what you shared i thought antoinette and bobby especially there there you could kind of feel the the emotional side of it and i'm wondering if anyone is willing to share more of that like what is what emotionally hits when you hear new normal in this at this time does it feel settled does it feel anxious yeah hannah um Part of it for me is um, navigating new conversations that I otherwise wouldn't have and new concerns for family or um, yeah, people, in, people in my circle. Um, and navigating other people's perception of their, their sense of safety and there, it, it really feels like in some ways there's some division around that that's mm -hmm. even more divisive of like, like I have a lot of family and friends in Southern California and there's like the culture around wearing a mask and the pandemic in general is quite different from, you know, my, my life in Northern California and it's those conversations are, are, are very challenging to navigate. And then the extra layer of concern and um, just like the symbolization of respect for others, but it's so much filtered through your news outlets and um, the people around you. And um, so that, that feels like a new sort of normal thing to navigate through pretty regularly for me. Thank you. Yeah, Jude. For me, um, it feels like not knowing is so much closer to my face and my heart. I mean, the not knowing, I think, is always there, but it feels so much more palpable. It's like you can't, I can't hide from not knowing what's going on, you know, in terms of what's coming next, what might be coming next no concept. And when friends of mine say, well, we're probably going to be like this for another year or till they have the vaccine. It feels so big to me. I really have to take it one day at a time. Literally. It's like, who can, who can think of a year from now? It, it feels um, at this moment, looking at all the squares, I don't feel some of my fear, but what I do feel is some sadness and I can't quite pinpoint it. Um, I think sadness in terms of the only thing I can sort of grapple with it is um, 
the concept that I really can't do it all. You know, that a lot of, um, not so much options have been taken away, but you know that game where, oh, if you knew you only had today was your last day on earth, what would you do? And, and I think that thing is, you know, to be around people I love. And the feeling is I can't be around everybody I love. There, there sort of isn't enough time to physically be around everybody I love. So that's, that's kind of what comes up for me. Yeah, thank you. I, I really, I'm resonating what, with what everybody is saying. And um, I like what you said, Jude, about, you said something like, I can't, I can't hide from not knowing, <laughs> something like that. And I, I, I think there's something, there's something in that that's happening right now because, of course, we know that the truth that things do always change, and that's a that's a huge theme in Buddhism. We we talk about it all the time that everything's everything changes, everything is in constant flux internally and externally. It's just one of the laws of nature which we're a part of. And while we're going through this, it is really in our face. And I think there's, there's um, historically moments in time where this fact of constant change and uncertainty because of that change is something we can't hide from. I like that. We can't hide from it because it implies that the reverse, that we're often hiding <laughs> from that, or we somehow are caught in the illusion that we, we can predict what's going to happen, that we can control that outcome, you know, and that in some way, if we worry about it, if we, you know, agonize about it, if, if we control all that we can, uh, that we can make it the way we want. And these are deep beliefs. When I say it out loud, it sounds really silly, but these are deep beliefs that the human mind has. It's all created in the mind. All of this is in the mind. It's not based in reality. We get fooled a little bit because sometimes we do get what we want and we do predict correctly of what's going to happen. And so then we have this idea that, oh, <laughs> I, have, I have way more control than I actually do. This is all, it's all in the mind. Or, you know, we have this idea also deeply rooted. I feel like this goes to the core of, um, for many of us, something very primal, that unknown is not safe that when things are not constant, that they equal unsafe. And again, sometimes that's true. And some of us, maybe we've learned that um, as, we've, as we grew up, that ooh, when things are uncertain or not constant, then they're not safe. And so there can be truth in that. And then we, you know, we cling on to these ideas. The mind clings to these ideas. It's even enforced, I think, um, just culturally, 
this idea of get everything just right and then everything will be happy and okay. And, um, and so we, we see those patterns in the people who raised us and they're passed on uh, to us. But of course, in reality, in the nature of things, this, isn't, this is not the full truth. This is not how things work. Um, that things are, they are constantly changing. And so I, I've been playing around with this, this idea of the new normal because I've been hearing it so much. Oh boy, this, you know, it's the new normal. We may as well get used to it. And I've been thinking, well, why? Why do we think this is the new normal? You know, I mean, with this from day to day, it's changing. The information is changing. The predictions are changing. So, but it's so interesting how the mind just wants to solidify, even if it's an unhappy, you know, kind of bleak outcome. It doesn't matter. I just want to know what is coming. Even if it's bad news, I want to know and, and be able to hold that, solidify that. And in that, we solidify our sense of self. Okay, then I will be this to get through that. But it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. It's, um, it's, uh, it's so limiting. We're not seeing the fuller picture. Uh, we're not actually in the flow with how things really are. And that's where the friction comes in. This word dukkha, um, which is used all the time in Buddhism, it's a Pali word that means suffering. Uh, the truth of dukkha, the truth of suffering is another um, deep truth in Buddhism and in nature. And um, dukkha is sometimes more directly translated is translated as friction as friction with the truth the way things are and so we find ourselves when we solidify around an idea that's not actually based in full reality and we go along kind of i kind of i i imagine uh almost like uh stick figures trying to move through this motion of of life very rigid trying to get through with this these ideas that we're clinging on to and how uncomfortable that is and we can feel that when we come up against life it's it's painful it's suffering it's it's dukkha and so this this idea of the new normal um it's not that what people expressed isn't true and isn't happening in this moment we are restricted we're not able to be with the people we want to be with um, certainly in the same way we're having to rethink the way we organize um, that's very true in the moment you know in the moment this is true but when we project it way out into the future it could be true we have no idea we we don't actually know what that's going to look like we can get a sense of it you know it's not don't plan for anything but know that those plans are changing. They, they, they might abruptly stop. They might have to take a, a major left turn. And um, what do we do when that happens? Are we, are we so startled by that that we can't actually adjust? 
and move with what's needed because we're so fixated on what we thought should happen or would happen or how we would be or someone else should be. You know, are we in that mind state? So I just find this, um, this way, I find it fascinating how the mind works in this way. That um, either we're, we're trying to, we've clung on to this idea of a future that's bright and wonderful and it's what we want. But then when it doesn't happen quite that way, how disappointing it is, you know. And it might actually be the outcome might be just fine, but it's not the way we really wanted it to go. You know, even just being here, no one could have predicted. Um, I'm guessing none of us predicted, <laughs> I'll say that, could have predicted that this is how we'd be living our life right now. You may have had totally different plans for this summer. And so those didn't happen, or maybe most of them didn't happen. And how, um, if we hold on to that really tightly, how devastating that can be. It can be, um, you know, it can really bring us down. It can be, um, it can feel like a tremendous loss. And, um, and yet maybe there are things that are happening right now that are actually okay. There might be, might not be great. It doesn't mean let's paint this all rosy. But there might be less suffering available in the moment and how things are going. It just depends on how, how gripped we are around a reality that didn't end up happening. It, actually, as I'm saying this, it reminds me, it's, it's, it doesn't, no, I think it does work. There's a story um, in Buddhism about two monks walking a path and they're walking along back to their monastery and they get to a river and there's a woman on the river and the river is swollen and, and um, the water is rushing and she's standing at the edge and she's afraid to cross uh, because she can't swim and she's um, too small to, to be able to walk across. And so one of the monks says, I'll carry you, get on my back, which, you know, if you're uh, a Buddhist monk, you're not actually supposed to come into physical contact with the opposite sex. It's a, a big taboo. So he says, please, you know, with all his compassion, please get on my back, I'll carry you across. And the other monk is just doesn't know what to say and he's speechless and he's now following the two, one with the woman on his back and the other one is kind of griping across and they get to the other side and he puts her down and, and they bow and she's so grateful and she goes on her way and the two monks continue and they're walking, walking, walking down the path on the way and, and nothing is said for a little while. Um, but the, the one monk is just reeling by what just happened and who, I'm going to have to report this and what, you know, this is um, totally against the rules and da, 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 da. And he finally says something and he, you know, confronts the other monk and the other monk says, I put her down at the edge of the river. You're the one who's still carrying her. 
Mm. And, and this is what we do. <laughs> it's a bit like that. You know, things, things do change. And the, the, the dukkha isn't in that things change. That's nature. That is life. Things come and they go. It's that we don't just put it down or we don't um, move in, uh, move with that change. We solidify around it and we carry that heaviness or that disappointment, um, that expectation, whatever it might be. Um, the shoulds, you know, we carry that, we can carry that for a long time. You know, there might be things that, um, You've been carrying for years. That can be something. It's just amazing what the mind will do. And it's all, it's all in the mind. This is what our mind has created. So how, you know, what, what then would be a possibility, you know, if we're not subscribing to this new normal now, can we uh, can we rest in the not knowing? Is there somewhere in all that flux and change that is actually okay, where we can rest in that? Is there some way to relax into that that being the the that natural truth of things? Can we go back into our, our natural truth, be in alignment with that? Um, some of you know that I've lived on boats for many, many years. The house that I live in now, this is um, only since last fall, but I, I've lived on boats for maybe 10 years prior to this in sailboats. And um, uh, my partner and I have sailed uh, all over the place. And one of the things that I learned really early on uh, being on the water is that when you're first on the water and you're not used to the motion, you know, the, the boat is moving, you know, kind of like this. And if you'd fight it, you know, if you try to stay in still, you get thrown. You're just, you know, you look kind of like this. You'll never see a sailor, a true sailor, getting thrown around like that. A true sailor is bent, you know, bent at the knees, and you're just, you're loose, and you're moving with that movement, and you can see the swell come up, and then you adjust to, to meet what that's going to be, and then you go back up with it, and it becomes very natural. At first, you kind of have to train your, your mind, your brain, your body to be in that movement because when we're when we're land lovers we're not used to that kind of um, adjustment that constant adjustment but then you get used to it and it's it's second nature and it's a bit like that that we are um, learning to do through the dharmas is being within those waves of of change and and being able to recognize the patterns. It's not that it's all new all the time. There's a lot of, there's a lot of patterning happening. There's, there are things that um, we, we can feel like, oh yes, that's familiar, I can rest in that. I know this, I can rest in that. 
you know that is that is also true it's uh it's not that our actions that we're just kind of floundering through through life and hoping things work out that doesn't align with the truth of karma that our actions have consequences whether they're positive or negative that everything we say do and think has this ripple effect that goes into the future and um, and we live that out and so when we are living in a lot of fear and contraction that karmic ripple effect will probably produce more fear and and contraction when we can relax though into okay i don't know what is that the mystery of things the mystery of life i don't i don't do i have to know every little thing do i have to know much i know my breath i know this moment is just this is there some way we can rest in that and then moving forward into that yeah, into that sea of many possibilities There's this you know, very familiar, I'm sure, um, poem by Mary Oliver called Wild Geese that I wanted to read to you because I feel like it speaks to this, that when we can, we can let go into our natural truth, our, you know, sometimes the, the phrase, our Buddha mind, uh, is this natural way of being, in alignment with how things are is what what comes out of that this belonging that can settle in um, that we belong to that uh, to that nature and how restful that can actually be so it goes like this you do not have to be good you do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me your despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees and the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese high in the clean blue air are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting over and over announcing your place in the family of things. So when I hear that, it just uh, reminds me that I'm a, a mind moment away from being in that, that peace. That when I can shift out of the contraction, the fear, the, the controlling, and all the projecting that I'm doing of what this new life is supposed to be or is going to be the new normal. When I can shift, and it can just take a moment. It can take just feeling my feet on the ground. It can take um, 
feeling my breath again. It can be just a reminder of something pulling me back into something that's more in alignment. And then suddenly, um, there's just this space to be with actually whatever is, is truly happening. It offers refuge. When we talk about refuge in Buddhism, this is, this is what we're talking about, that it is possible to feel safe and secure in the truth of things. Otherwise, uh, no one would wake up. No one would want to do this. <laughs> There'd be no motivation whatsoever. It's counter, it's also counterintuitive. You know, this again is going down deep into something very primal that says otherwise. And it's why we have to practice and we keep coming back to the truth and having to hear these same Dharma talks over and over and over again. And I often say there's, there's only so many themes in Dharma. <laughs> You've heard this talk, <laughs> not by me, by someone else, but it doesn't matter because we have to keep hearing it. We have to keep hearing these words and come back to, oh, right, that's, that's actually, there's truth in this. The illusion that, that we're working through, um, that we're spinning through, that isn't really bringing us what we want, that's not actually settling, that's not giving us lasting happiness or satisfaction, that's not working. We have to remember that and keep coming back to, oh, right, there's something, there's something else here. There's another possibility here. It's just a mind moment, a switch that can be turned. And then, okay, I can be with this. This is true. This I know. This in this moment. I know that my actions, I know what I say and what I think, that will have an impact on what I do next and what happens next. But I can't control it exactly. These things we know. We know that our lives are impermanent, that we change constantly, that we'll get older, we're getting older, you know, and someday we'll die. This is true. That the things that we love and cherish are on the same trajectory, that they will come and they'll go. Even the things we love the most and can't even imagine life without, those two will go. That these are, these are, all the facts of nature we see it play out in nature we see it when we we go for walks or sit in a park or go out to the woods and spend time all these truths come flooding in we know that these are true also on a deep primal level and so it's almost like the two are in a constant argument these two the illusion of truth and the dharma and so we're asked to choose over and over again to remember which one we actually want to nourish and go deeper into. So I think I'll stop there. Wait, let me just see.
Oh, one more, one more piece. And that's it, you know. What if we can't take refuge in that? <laughs> that's important too. When we do find ourselves in those moments where there just feels like there's no nowhere to land, there's nowhere to relax. Maybe we've we're experiencing deep loss and you know, or that we're just stuck in major confusion. That this practice also has room for that, that it addresses that. It's not about being able to navigate this all the time by yourself. That when that refuge can't be felt inside, internally, that there's, uh, there's us, there's community. And so one of the main refuges when we're in that place is to know that you're not alone, that you're on this path with so many, and that here in this, here's a community that, that um, values that and is very present to that. that, being with wise beings and compassionate beings who understand the Dharma and can you know, lend you a shoulder and a hand. Um, there's so much value in that, that we don't have to do this completely alone. That um, the teachings are here for that. When we feel like we just can't quite understand something or we're, we're struggling to move through it in, in that more fluid way, that there's all these teachings. And we live in a time where we've never, I mean, there's never been such access to Dharma. The time of the Buddha, it was said, you were greatly blessed to come in contact with the Dharma. And now we live in a time where all you have to do is, you know, turn on your device <laughs> and tune in to Dharma Seed or, you know, to some kind of talk. You can pick up a book, you can read a blog. There's so much available. The Dharma can be that refuge. You don't always have to have the answers. There's just so many guides. And then lastly, this is, uh, could be the Buddha, it could be whoever inspires. Have these inspirational beings who have attained um, what we're, we deeply are longing for, you know. And it, so it might be the Buddha, it might be the embodiment of Guan Yin, it might be Mother Mary, it might be somebody else that inspires you when you feel like this is so beyond my capacity, or it feels beyond the capacity of human beings to connect back in to know there's, there's real possibility here. Um, that these are human possibilities. So then, so that's where I'll stop. I'll end there and just open it up for any questions or comments that you have. Or what that brings up for you. I, 
I just so appreciate you saying that we're just one moment away from being in that peaceful place or understanding the understanding, I guess, of the true nature of things. Cause I mean, just today I was thinking, I just can't, for me, the election is just, I just can't, I'm getting, you know, super adrenaline shots every time I see anything about it at all. So mm -hmm. to know that like just over the, just next to that thought is a different one that I could go there. Yeah. That's very helpful. It's so helpful. <laughs> yeah. Good. Um, I was uh, just wanted to say that um, there was something that that you said that you know kind of made a little light bulb go off in my head, and and I probably heard this like a million times before, but um, <laughs> but. Um, this notion, you know, that, that I know someone, many of us uh, go to nature for solace, for peace, for renewal. And, but, and I was just thinking, and nature is also where the truth of impermanence lies. So it's in, it's all in the same place. It's in the, and, and, um, it's all so, it's it's all integrated in a sense and so we're like out we're in the truth and we're also finding so it's to me it's it's just it's very interesting and and how the mind tends to compartmentalize well this is solace this is where i go for peace and not noticing <laughs> at that time that this is where the truth of impermanence is as well you know Right. bringing it both you know bringing them together somehow in your mind so that it's um more of a complete understanding yeah of how things are yeah i mean nature it's true we go for, out and for that beauty nature is harsh if you have to live in, in out in nature, it's harsh, it's unforgiving, it's not personal, it doesn't care <laughs> if you're a good person or a bad person. You know, it's um, it's beauty, it's wonder, it's decay and death and survival of the fittest. It's yeah, it's many different things. I. I have a theory that is probably held by many um, that cultures that are deprived of nature and not living in it and, and are separated from it really do have a harder time connecting with these truths. Like we have to, we have to really turn to focus on it mm -hmm. where cultures that are really in tuned and living in that nature, it's the peace isn't coming because you know, we can get this idea of what that might be like and the, the you know, oh, the con you know, communing with nature. But I think it's because it's really hard. It's harsh. It's like in your face. Um, the reality of, mm -hmm. of being part of nature, that there isn't that separation, is just part of life. And, and so the further away we get from that, the more we forget you know, 
that we are we are part of nature we're not a separate entity this is the the rules of nature apply completely but we've created this amazing illusion um you know that that so much is supported um even the way we relate to death you know when we we um oftentimes at least in this country when somebody dies um they're not there's you know you, i remember when my grandparents died there's a viewing and you go to the church and you view uh the body and you know all the makeup and the hair is done and grandma's in a beautiful dress and you know it's 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 very we dress up our dead you know it's you know we don't want to see that decay where in other other traditions and cultures and um countries that's not how it's done there's more of a connection with um actual what happens to the body and the decay and and um this sense of that person has really left left that body um that it's just a body now and what that does and um yeah it's just it's uh it's something that i think most of us in this culture are having to um navigate you know really stay in, in tuned with with these truths and be willing to stay in the illusion is much prettier a lot of the times but it's not happier you know mm-hmm. it's not happier it's very unsatisfying Okay. Right. So we'll, we'll end our evening there. And um I hope that you know this carries through not as bad news but as <laughs> as something so precious oh this every everything is so precious when we are tuned into its impermanence you know i think we're we ha- that's in our face too all those things we took for granted before that we thought for sure we get to go see that person we get to go do that thing you know why wouldn't i be able to go to my favorite restaurant or go you know for a walk in in this park or whatever go sit and have tea with my friends you know it's so precious so that too is very much something we can't hide from right now if we turn if we can turn towards it and hold that perspective okay so I'll dedicate the merit of our time So as you sit here just feeling the truth in your body what it's like to tap into that knowing its benefits may 
cultivating this truth. May it be for our benefit, but may it also benefit all beings. May all beings find that happiness and contentment, true contentment in their lives. May all beings be safe from inner and outer harm. May all beings be healthy in the mind and body. May all beings be free. May we all be free. Okay, everyone, sleep well. I'll see some of you Friday morning. Betsy's on tomorrow morning. Hi, Betsy. Hi, <laughs> see you tomorrow morning. Okay, take care. Thank, thank you, Kate. Thank, thank, thank you. you. That was beautiful. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs> sleep well. Sleep well. Bye. Bye-bye.